Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another special edition of Trade Runners, our mini-series featuring Rich Friesen that is focusing specifically on trading psychology. In episode one, we discuss measuring what matters, learning all about set scores and how to take stock of our mental states and how that affects our trading. Episode two, we talked about identifying market moods and observing how our setups performed in those different conditions. In episode three, we focused on persistent trading mistakes, how to identify the positive intent and ultimately change those behaviors to the benefit of our trading. So episodes will be linked in the episode description, but this month's topic is Nightmare Trading Traps. By the end of this episode, assuming you follow along with the homework, Rich is going to help us create an awareness of our brain's unconscious biases, filters, and trading traps. I see that we'll be starting with a real-time assessment, so I'll go ahead and stop wasting time here and just introduce our special host of this mini-series, Rich Friesen of Mind Muscles Academy. How are you doing today, Rich? I'm doing just fine. We've had a busy holiday season. Uh, the families just split up, so we had multiple uh, Christmas celebrations. So uh, we're now looking at the next year and how I want to focus my time. My book, A Private Conversation with Money, we just, uh, Amazon and Audible just issued the uh, audio version of that, and that's doing well. So uh, I'm looking at actually writing my next book. It turns out, even at my age, I have discovered the pleasure of writing books. Wow, that's exciting. What's the next one going to be about? Well, that's one of them is our awareness, how... If you're not woo-woo, how do you create awareness? How do you measure it? How does it make a difference? And another book, which is more tilting at windmills, is Healing the Political Divide. I have a different mind, a way to reframe how we think about uh, the contentions that are in our current culture. You mean uh, no more either you're right or you're evil kind of mindset? Well, this is interesting because we're going into a real, real uh, Alice in Wonder rabbit hole here. Yeah. But uh, how to recognize that that kind of righteousness, mm-hmm. and but rather than trying to change it, we accept it as an emotional state, and that it, we could go on, but that's a total reframe about how to keep that emotional belief, and at the same time, become more effective in your relationships. I really like that. I'm looking forward to, to seeing the next ones come out. And I know there'll be a lot of people happy to hear about the Audible version. I know it just was speaking to, we did our book review um, last week, uh, which I think we're going to keep that going as a, a monthly uh, event mm-hmm. for us. But yeah, one of the guys on there was... He, he does uh, snow plowing in the, the winter times, and so he, he saves up audiobooks to, to listen to while he's doing that. And he was looking forward to this one coming out. Well, good. I also had a couple other messages that I wanted to share before we jump into okay. today's conversation. 
So it actually uh, revolves around your your book too. I thought I thought you'd enjoy these. Uh, Paul D had said that the series that we've been doing here has motivated him to pick up the conversations with money and do the exercises he was putting off. Said thank you. I did it last night. Look forward to moving forward with that book the series. Feels like it's going to be very powerful if a trader puts in the work. Very cool. And then on Twitter, Bear Goes Long said, uh, thanks to us, you just finished uh, your book, Private Conversations with Money, though it needs to go back and do the exercise. It says the book does a great job of reframing how you think about money, success, and value. Highly recommends it. Excellent. And if anybody else has any questions or comments or just wants to share something with us, you know, feel free to send us an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com or you can use any one of our socials. If we like it, we'll read it. Or if we don't, we might read it anyway. Uh, any other uh news for the mind muscles that you got going on this month uh no that's it um we've got you know our online courses we've got uh, the my private coaching uh a lot of ways that we can uh connect and we've got lots of just free stuff on the website mindmusclesfortraders.com and if you look at the blogs and you look at all the interviews we've done a lot of them are recorded and up there. So for people who are under financial pressure, it's there. For people who want more in-depth, we've got a series of steps for them that they can find out what is just right for them. It's funny. I ask if you got anything more going on other than writing two more books, (laughs) as if that's not enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rich. I think we procrastinated enough. Uh, What we got for today? Well, what we're looking at is a series of belief systems and behavioral activities. And what we're going to do is we're going to bring these to awareness. And these are the 13 uh, trading traps, the nightmare trading traps. And I'm going to list them now. We're going to, I understand, Kyle, you're going to put a, a link to the form. So if you want to formalize it, you can do that. Or you can mm-hmm. just write down on a piece of paper or just think about it if you're on audio or in a car, as to which of these uh, issues, where you are on them. And we're going to personalize them by turning them into particular people with a trading behavior so you can decide where you identify the most. And this is where we want to be or where we think we are? Ah, good question. We're going to start with just where we are. And I'm going to encourage everybody here to be really honest. I mean, we all know at some level where we should be. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But if we do that, then we cover and paper over where we really are. So I'm going to encourage everybody to be open and honest with themselves. Because as long as we paper, paper over our behaviors and our beliefs and don't aren't aware of them and accept them as they are, then it's very difficult to make changes. So honesty Mm. here and openness and awareness are going to be the key that make the difference in this uh, training. Excellent point. I mean, if you're already taking the time to listen to the series, then if you want to get the most out of it, honesty is the only way. And I will lead that off then. So I've got my checklist here in front of me. If you want to to start us off, I'll start trying to fill this out as best I can. Sure. Try not to make myself look too good. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't be hard. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to describe two different mindsets or behaviors. Okay. And you're going to rate yourself on your own mindset and behavior. 
If you feel that your reactions match one of the descriptions, and if you're doing the form, you can fill in the oval on that side of the description. If it's somewhat descriptive, you can fill on the oval, you know, somewhere in the middle, or you can fill, and you can fill it in appropriately. Now, if you don't have the form or you're listening in a car, it's not a problem because all you can do, you all you need to do is to simply say, okay, this is my behavior on one side or the other. You can even write it down on a piece of paper or just note it mentally. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you ready to go? No, but we'll do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. ready. I am ready. now. And now it's your turn, Kyle. Okay. I'm going to give you a moment to step into your own trading experience and to reflect on your own state in these moments. Okay. And uh, so here we go. We're going to talk about payoff or process. Okay. Is your attention on the payoff of every trade? An emotional response is triggered with each tick as you make or lose money in an open position. Each trade P&L really matters. So that's Mm. the payoff side. The other side is process. Your full attention is on the process of executing your strategy with no concern for the gains or losses of the current trade. A single trade's outcome is of little concern. So now what you can do is if you have the form, you can mark it on the side of the payoff or the side of the process. And and as we mentioned, your honesty of where you are right now is critical. I am putting myself uh, one away from the extreme side of payoff. And I feel like I have to do that because if I look at my trading notes from yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, it says that uh, I've been finding myself paralyzed with fear lately. Something I need to let go of if I'm going to find success. Each individual trade on its own does not win or lose, but it's the strategy that determines my success or failure and my ability to follow it. So this is something that I've actually been struggling with this past week, I think is Mm -hmm. trying to not focus on the individual trades and focus more on the process. Okay. So we we can talk about the trying part of it uh, if we have time later. That's an Mm, interesting comment, trying. Okay, so next is critic or curious. If you have a strong critical voice in your head that monitors and criticizes most mistakes and decisions, And the critical voice may also interrupt your execution. So that's the critic side. On the curious side, are you fully curious about your outcomes of all your behaviors? You enjoy feedback from from both positive and negative uh, thoughts to learn more. The voices in your head are all supportive. Hmm. I've put myself probably in the middle on this one. Okay. I have critical sides and I have positive sides. And again, that's something that I've been focusing on as well after the conversations that we've been having together, uh, trying to keep, have the more of the acceptance and not beat myself up, especially uh, there's a nice line in your book that, that talked about that. Like, I think it said, if I don't criticize myself, how will I push myself to continue improving? Oh my gosh. If you don't criticize yourself, you just might melt into a puddle, right? Right. (laughs) Right. Where do you get your drive from if it's not yeah. from self-hate? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you might stop hating yourself. Oh my God, what would happen then? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, let's see if I can uh, stop laughing here. Uh, the next one is filtered or facts. 
you can fill in the oval on the left side or just notice uh, if with hindsight you can notice what is obvious information that you missed. In the heat of the moment, does your brain tend to see what it wants to see? That's the filtered. On the facts, you fill in the oval on the right. If you continually check for internal biases and beliefs, you question their validity, and you look for evidence that supports different points of view. Ah, oh, man, I feel like I'm failing this test. I'm going to put myself one. Okway, so you know right away, <laughs> notice the judgment. No, yes, yeah, I know, right? Test. <laughs> this is just awareness with complete acceptance and curiosity. I am more towards the filtered side again. Um, okay. Yeah, again, something that I have been working on, but uh, definitely still have more work to do. Excellent. All right, okay. what's next? Next, we can look at methods or markets. On the methods side, if you concentrate almost all of your energy on finding and developing the best strategy and then applying it every day and in every situation, that's on the method side. Mm-hmm. Then on the market side, you concentrate almost all your energy on the quality of the market and look for shifts in patterns. Then you apply the best strategy for the pattern. So on one side, you're just trying to develop a strategy and then applying it to the market. On the market side, you're looking for what we call market moods. Mm-hmm. What is the pattern of the market? And realizing that there are strategies that apply well to some markets and strategies that apply better to other markets. I am going to give myself more towards the market side on this one, actually. Okay. Because uh, I can think uh, I can recall several instances where I disqualified trades because I didn't like the mood that we were in. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Next is profits or probabilities. On the profit side, you need every trade to be profitable in order to be happy. You can become upset when the market becomes ir- irrational and hands you several losses in a row. I have had traders who expect with perfection to get a hundred percent of profitable trades. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I am definitely on that profit side of that to expectation. Okay. Especially probability. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, as you say, the payoff and process is kind of similar to that. Yeah. On the probability side, you realize that anything can happen in the markets at any time. You're comfortable with uncertainty and only care about the returns over a long period of time or a larger sample size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely on the profit side. I, okay. I know I, losing is something that I very much struggle with. Uh, I've been, uh, I've, I had been doing some exercises with uh, something completely different, but it had been chess, like just taking games and just playing them and not caring about the outcome just to, to be okay with losing as long as I'm learning. Yep. With the process. Very mm-hmm. good. Exactly. Next one is impulse or intention. Do you find yourself making impulse trades over and over? You review your trades and wonder why you keep repeating this same trading mistakes. That's the impulse side. On the intention side, your trades fit all a designed pattern or highly evolved intuition. You review all trades and it's clear that they follow the strategy that you intend. So do you have something taking over in your brain and you just have impulse trades? Or do all your trades fit a planned intention? That's a tough one. I'd say they lean more towards the intention side now. Uh, mm-hmm. But that impulse side is still there. It's still always a fight to control it. 
a fight to control it. I'm just noticing yeah. the fact. I should, yes. I'm going, I should have opened a notepad. I'm going to take, whoops, there goes the pencil. <laughs> Some of the I, words I've heard are struggle. Yep. Uh, try. Try. Okay. I'm going to just keep track of them. We'll just fight note them. and control were the other two. What was that fight? Fight to control. Fight to control. Okay. Great. These are great words. I know, okay. and I knew it as soon as I said it. I was like, oh, yeah. Rich is going to like <laughs> you, those. <laughs> yeah, you, you have Rich Friesen in your brain yep. ready to criticize you and judge you for your language. No, not that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I bet you he noticed that because I just did. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay, next one is caution or confidence. Your cautious nature and fear of loss or making a mistake overrides your clean and smooth executions that you know are good. Yes. On the confidence side, you have clear evidence that your trading process is profitable over the large sample size, and this confidence leads to smooth execution. I have the confidence in the setups, but I don't have the confidence in the execution. Uh, That is actually, I think, what I wrote down for today okay oh no that that was that was yesterday no it was the same thing from yesterday yeah paralyzed by fear not sure how to explain it just like always looking for more confirmation and then Mm -hmm. by the time you get it then it's too late yes i definitely struggle with that yep so there's a caution there Mm -hmm. all right mayhem or metrics on mayhem you experience a wide range of internal states trading results and strategies, and you don't keep any metrics on these variables, and you rarely journal your experience. Under mayhem, you come to your trading desk, sometimes depressed, sometimes happy, sometimes exuberant, overconfident, cocky. What, how do you approach your trading desk? What emotional state are you in? I am definitely on the metric side. Metric side. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Nailed that one. <laughs> You're going to notice that some of these overlap. Yes, uh, yes. And that's okay because what we're doing is using slightly different language and a slightly different framework so that we catch all the subconscious and all the behaviors that are Mm -hmm. contributing to trading. The next is beliefs or blueprints. Under beliefs, you have strong beliefs about the world and the market. You're eager to argue the truth of what you believe. It's irritating when somebody fails to see your point of view. (laughs) It is so irritating. I mean, it's right there. It is so obvious. What's wrong with them? Um, Under blueprints, you understand that nothing is truly knowable, and your beliefs are just blueprints, maps, and models that work when they reflect reality. I don't know if you've noticed, but what I will often say is my current way of thinking is, uh, huh? The model that uh. I'm using for this is what I found works recently is now those are very different from, well, this is what is right. This is true. This is how reality is. Uh, that kind of belief system, which is a righteousness. And, you know, I've come out of several belief systems, which I thought were absolutely true, you know, from younger days. And it turns out that, uh, I probably will have very different belief systems 10 years from now if I'm still above ground. Right. So belief or blueprints? I'd say more towards the blueprint side, although I do have a tendency to like to just argue for argument's sake. Okay. 
but that's not necessarily because I strongly believe in a position. It's just sometimes it's it, just I enjoy you're the an irascible, difficult human being. <laughs> no, I just uh, enjoy the challenging other people's positions. Well, that certainly can have value. Can, but it can also be really annoying if you ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should do a section with a section with her rather. Right? You know, that would be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Okay, force or freedom. You may motivate yourself with willpower, discipline, and force to make you be, behave and do what you should and what is right. Hmm. And the other side? The other side is freedom. You understand that behavioral change involves complex, is complex and involves changing brain patterns. And you give yourself the freedom to accept yourself as you are. So on one side, you're motivating yourself with force. On the other side, there's understanding and more of an invitation to step into new behaviors. I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle there. Okay. I have made the intentional shift towards freedom, but I'm still not there. All right. Next is dreams or deliverables. Ah, oh, you dream of trading success and all the wonderful things it brings, the cars, the mansions the trophy spouses. Oh my gosh, you are now going to be able to tell everybody what a success you are. It's going to turn into incredible, continually happiness. But every trading loss is a referendum on that dream. On deliverables, you have the vision of your trading success for the long term, and you've created a series of small steps that lead to trading mastery. You feel successful with each step. So how important is the dream? And is every tick a referendum on your dream? Or are you more in the process and small steps and enjoying the progress you're making? Oh, man, I feel like I oscillate between the two. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the listeners are going to find that true, too, that in yeah. some context, in some emotional states, they're on one side. And other times they're on the other. I think if I look at it as a whole, I would probably be more towards the dream side, but a lot closer to the middle than if mm -hmm. you would have asked me six months ago. Excellent. Okay. Armored or aware. You armor against feelings to protect yourself. It takes time to realize a strong emotion. You rarely notice your thoughts as they come and go. So on armoring, we are so... What can I say? To not terrified, that's too strong. But we just don't want to deal with what is going on physiologically, emotionally, and in our thoughts. So we armor ourselves and we quarantine a huge bit of our internal events. Mm -hmm. On the aware side, you're aware of feelings immediately and you notice them without action. You sense your body and you're aware of your thoughts as they come and go. I would say more towards, I'm going to put myself more towards the middle, but towards the aware side. Uh, okay. And I think a lot of that, I can thank uh, uh, the set scores and um, mm -hmm. the habit I've been getting into of uh, taking that reading uh, at the start of every day and throughout the day. Okay. And the final one is poverty or prosperity. The rich have climbed up on their wealth off of the backs of the poor to get where they are. There's only so much money to go around, and this isn't fair. The traders who make a lot of money do it because they have inside information. They're evil. 
and the wealthy people are, you know, the money is the root of all evil. So well, that's on the poverty side. On the prosperity side is wealth is a reflection of the value that has been delivered to others. The more value that is delivered, the more wealth that is available to all. I am definitely on the prosperity side. Okay. So now if you look at the assessment results, you're going to see a scattered between the number one payoff and number three, the poverty. Mm-hmm. So now the next question is, so we're going to uh, flip on the bottom side of that form and we're going to ask who you want to invest in. We can invest in Payoff Pedro, he's on the payoff side, or Process Preston. Now, if you're going to invest $100,000 in one of those two traders, which is it going to be? Process. And if you you want to, you can look back at the description of the payoff or description of the process. Which trader will you invest in? Payoff Pedro or Process Preston? Process Preston. Okay. Okay. Critic Crandall or Curious Kurt? Um, I don't know Critic- that uh, just on the two of the. If that was the only deciding factor, I, yeah, I don't know that. I Are would make you going to invest in somebody who's continually criticizing himself, or somebody who's always curious about what's going on and what's happening? I think you want to go with the curious one, but you also want someone who's focused too. So, does that curiousness detract from his focus? Let's say again. Does that curiousness detract from his focus? Well, does it? That's a good question. If not, then I would say definitely uh, Mr. Kurt. Okay. Next one is filtered or facts. Are you going to go to a filtered Filbert or fact Fenton? Filtered Filbert can only see and hear the information that supports their comfort zone. Fact Fenton allows the market information to flow around him with minimum filters or biases. That one's easy. Going with Fenton. Okay. Methods or markets? Are you going to go with Method Melvin or Market Marcus? Method Melvin is convinced he can find the perfect trading system that'll generate $500 each and every day. Market market Marcus realized that's a, easy to create a trading system if you ter- determine the type of market you were trading in. So he really looks at what is the market mood and the type of market. Which are you going to invest your $100,000 in? I feel like Marcus would have the bigger edge. Okay. Profit or probabilities. Profit Preston watches his P&L tick by tick. Even when he's winning a trade, a couple of ticks against him cause him to worry and tense up. Profitability Prentice views all trades as, well, just a probabilistic endeavor. She knows that if she executes her strategy well, she will have about 60% profitable trades and 40% unprofitable trades. Her focus is on executing the trading plan. Are you going to invest in Profit Preston or Probability Prentice? Probability Prentice. Okay. Impulse Ivy and Intention Ike. Uh, Impulse Ivy feels pressure building all the time. She needs to make a trade. She scans the charts, hoping to find her indicators reveal a trade. If she sees a setup forming, she jumps in early. Intention Ike has evolved his trading over the years to make fewer and fewer trades. He could wait days for a high probability setup. He sets out to trade from an intentional mindset. You have $100,000. Are you going to invest in Impulse Ivy or Intention Ike? No, I like Ike. (laughs) 
I like Mike. <laughs> oh, maybe he should run for president. Right? <laughs> uh, young people, people won't even that get joke. that joke. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Caution Colin is careful no matter what he does. Fear takes over whenever he goes from sim to live trading. Even when all his indicators line up, a voice in his brain tells him that all the things that could go wrong. Confident Conrad has the confidence in himself and he knows how to solve problems. And he knows that no matter what the market does, he's able to take it and handle it. For Colin, there's no failure, just feedback. Are we investing our 100000 in Caution Colin or Confident Conrad? Confident Conrad. Now I have to change my passwords. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mayhem Mandy is like a kitten chasing a shiny new object. She has a wealth of new ideas. She never has a trading day where she is in the same mood. Sometimes depressed, sometimes angry, sometimes in the flow. New strategies, new asset classes, new emotional states. Metrics Mary, on the other hand, is methodical. Every morning she goes, she does a rigorous morning ritual. It brings her to a trading mastery mindset. She knows exactly what type of markets she's trading in. She knows the version of the strategies that she's executing and keep tracks of it all. Mayhem Mandy or Metrics Mary? Metrics Mary, but I'm curious why you use the word rigorous for her routine as a descriptor. She Every morning she goes through a rigorous morning ritual. So you're curious about the word rigorous? Right. Interesting. So rigorous. To me, that means strict, right? Yeah. Or I, I see what you're saying. There's an emotional content to that word. So if we were right. to use a habit, habitual morning ritual. How would that sound? That would sound more uh, harmonious, I think. I, th I like that change. In fact, I'm going to make that change in my presentation. Excellent catch. Okay, done. Belief or blueprint? Belief Billy can only feel safe if he's in certain belief system, if he's certain of his beliefs. That certainty provides him his confidence. He knows he's right, and he knows the markets are sometimes manipulated against him. He will defend his thoughts and his conversations. To be wrong is just devastating. On the other hand, Blueprint Blake operates as if he knows nothing for sure. He's maps and models of the world and the markets. And when they work, he knows this is because they approximate the current reality. He operates as if everything is in flux and that his models may be useful one day and 
not so useful the next. When a model doesn't work, he's curious about how it breaks down. So are we investing our $100,000 in Belief Billy or Blueprint Blake? Blueprint Blake, 100%. All right. We're coming. We're getting there. Force or freedom. Force, force Forrest struggles to do the right thing. He believes that progress is made with willpower, discipline, and motivational attitudes. He knows what he should do, but he often ends up trading off strategy. He's got an angel and devil in him, and, and these two parts are continually fighting, and he needs more force to be disciplined. On the other hand, Freedom Freddy has adopted a neuroscience model behavior and understands that all behaviors are simply a reflection of patterns he's adopted at one time or another. As a result, he can accept all parts of himself and activates new behaviors as needed from a framework of rapport with himself and the markets. You're going to force Forrest or Freedom Freddy? Who are you investing in? You know I love my freedom. Okay. Dreams or deliverables? Dreamy Drake. Oh, he's a fountain of new ideas. His creativity knows no bounds. He's able to see the big picture and how everything interacts in the world. He loves to read about new trading ideas, and he can't find time to implement his profitable strategies because just new ideas and creative thoughts keep exploding in his brain, and he's always looking for the next big idea to bring big profits. Deliverable Dolores realized that ideas can be turned into value if you implement them well. So she has a plan to build her trading business that includes strategy creation, risk management, execution training, and mindset. She takes one part of her plan and concentrates it on it until she can execute it well. She makes changes to her plan only with a lot of thought and consideration. Are we investing in Dreamy Drake? or Deliverable Dolores? I kind of want them both in this situation. I want uh, Deliverable yes. Dolores to filter and implement Dreamy Drake's big ideas. Yes, well, this is a good point that this does not reflect well. It's, I see it as life is a, as a wave. Mm -hmm. In other words, without the bigger dreams, and, and I error, error. Let me re that's an interesting word. I tend to be on the dreamy side. I want the big picture. You know, I just gave you some titles of books. They're, they're really big. They're windmill yeah. tilting big. <laughs> yes. And so how does that affect our deliverables? So life is a wave. If we can go into the dreams, think big, and then come down to be deliverable, Dolores. That, I think, would be the ideal. What is the problem is if we are focused on one without the other. And in fact, this slide, if I look at it, I think that, you know, if the ideal is not one or the other, but it may in fact be somewhere in the middle or moving back and forth between them. So mm -hmm. you're bringing up a really good thought here. Yeah. And I know that, um, like for me, one of the struggles I had initially starting out here was being on the dreamy side, but never following through with any of those dreams mm -hmm. and turning them into deliverables. And that's where the problem comes from. It's okay to have good ideas and big ideas and think and dream like that, but you have to figure out a way to, to actually turn those into reality. Otherwise you're just going to be dreaming and yeah. going nowhere. Yeah. That's my challenge is um, I have just one idea after another and the thought of actually marketing and getting down into the weeds and the details. I go, Ooh. you know, for example, in my, uh -huh. in my home life, uh, my wife, Marty, takes care of taxes. 
She takes care of all the finances. She takes care of my uh, social calendar, (laughs) all the family interactions, um, which is really a nice combination. But we're in business where I need both. I have an admin uh, that takes care of some of that. But I, you know, it's if I look at the effectiveness of what I've done, I've I've lost a lot in terms of not being able to step into the deliverables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can relate with that. In fact, I think my wife does uh, a lot of that for me too. Like if it okay. wasn't for her, then a lot of the big ideas that I have would probably never get executed. Indeed. Partnerships. And again, it's a wave. And, yep. I, th- and I appreciate you bringing that up. Okay, armored or aware? Armored Arthur was ridiculed and punished by a stern father every time he showed any feelings or weaknesses. So he learned to shut down his feelings in order to feel safe. And in trading, that's what he does. He just shuts down his feelings. Aware Adair values his internal states as valuable messages. He takes his set scores, and your listeners who uh, have been through that with us know what that is. You measure your sensations, emotions, thoughts, and that information is really valuable. And he accepts what he notices and all parts of himself as valuable messages. Are you investing with Armored Arthur or Aware Adair? Aware Adair. All right. Finally, last one. You're investing with Poverty Paula. And she knew from the time she was small that her family was lower middle class. Her father bitterly complained that the world was stacked against them. It was the wealthy that took more than their fair share. And as Paula became profitable, she subconsciously was fearful of becoming the wealthy, uncaring person her dad railed against. Prosperity Prentice, on the other hand, was taught from the early age the joy of delivering value to others. For Prentice, money in the bank reflects the value she's delivering. The more value that is delivered, the more wealth that is available to all. Her community was mostly wealthy, good people who she respected. So who has the biggest upside? Who is not going to be uh, conflicted about success? Going to invest in Poverty Paula or Prosperity Prentice? Prosperity Prentice. Okay. So now you have two sides of the assessment filled in. And if you unfold them and look at them, What we're going to do is we're going to see, and everyone could have a different outcome here, is that if your awareness is mostly on the left side of the form and your investments are on the right side of the form, you have a huge gap. And most people will be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And some people will have their both their behaviors and beliefs on the right side and their investments on the right side. Hmm. Now, occasionally we get somebody who has all their awareness on the left side and they want to invest on the left side. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Good luck to you. I, I wish you to have a very fun life. I'll give them so my the, number. Yeah. <laughs> So the question is, which profile is yours? And what I call is mind the gap. And mind the gap is the the bigger the gap between who you invest in and your actual behaviors is a measurement of the challenges that you face. Mm -hmm. And if you invest in somebody other than who you are as 
in your trading behaviors, then you can start to say, I want to invest in myself. And in order to do that, how can I make changes in my beliefs, my behaviors, my execution, so that I am investing in myself and the person that I want to be? Well said. Well said. Yeah, this uh, this definitely puts a spotlight on some of the areas where I know I can improve. And the start of that is the golden keys. And the first is awareness. And this exercise is designed to create just awareness. Yeah. Now, what most people do with awareness is say, son of a gun, well, look at how... Look at what I do. I repeat, I'm not the only one. And they would just criticize the heck out of ourselves. Right. Well, the second of of the golden keys is acceptance. Now, okay, so you have two people. One of them says, God damn, like, look at me. I'm just a terrible person. I'm an awful trader. I'll never make it. Oh, look at this gap. On the other hand, if you have somebody says, hmm, well, this is curious. This I'm curious. This is fascinating. Wow. I didn't realize this. Okay. Well, I'm going to make a small step tomorrow. And here's the small step. So first is awareness, then acceptance, and then finally it's agency. The ability to say, okay, this is where I am at. I don't have to beat myself up, but how can I make a step that feels better and moves me toward my goals? Yes. Dang, there's there's also a part of me that's curious about like why I am the way I am too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, psychiatry, starting with Sigmund Freud, asked Mm -hmm. that question, why? And they did a lot of free-form conversations, and they looked at a lot of causes of how we were raised, uh, you know, id, ego, superego. And you can, as a therapist, I can get lost in the world of why. And sometimes answering that why question is helpful. Oh, that's why I did it. Huh, I no longer need that. Well, that can be helpful. Mm -hmm. But we can also get in the trap of constantly trading or constantly just getting into the downward cycle of finding why. Okay, why is this? Okay, why'd that happen? Why? If in fact, then we looked at, oh, what would I like? How would I like to be? How do I get there? then the the value of the why starts disappearing. And again, right. for some people, that why is critical and it helps. And the caution there is not to get into downward why cycles, but rather than to say, what would I like as an agent of my own experience? I think for someone like me who uh, I was looking for like cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So the idea of figuring out the why is thinking that maybe that's something that I can remove to fix the problem. Okay. So again, and again, there's the words again. Fix yeah, the problem. I, I'm just writing it down. To fix <laughs> yeah, the problem. Yeah. So what we have, Kyle, is struggle, try, fight for control, fix the problem. Ah. So if you, if that is the internal language, and we're going to add finding why mm-hmm. i'm going to add that to my notes here where's my critic side i might have to go color in that bubble closer to the critic side now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what if there was no struggle there was no try there was no need to control no problems to fix no need to find out why mm-hmm. we're curious about the behaviors 
And as valuable human beings who have a right to walk on this earth to be wealthy and healthy, what if you were just having a constant invitation to yourself to step into an identity, beliefs, and behaviors that served you better? If you were constantly just looking, say, oh, what feels better? What mm-hmm. does Kyle deserve? What kind of life is better for me and serves me better? What beliefs, what experiences are there that make my world better? Hmm. And if you, in fact, if you make two columns and in one you put struggle, try, fight to control, fix the problem, find why, and the other you make, invita- and you ha- label that invitations, and you just make a bunch of invitations to yourself. Oh my gosh, the journey now becomes much more pleasant and eager to see what's going to happen. Yeah, it does. It, it takes the, the struggle out of it. Oh, yeah. If that's the word. That's the right word. Like it's no longer like, like the word try just implies that you're trying, you're struggling to do it as opposed yeah. to, I'm going to give this a shot today. Let's see how this yeah. goes. Let's see how this feels. Yeah. Let's see if I enjoy this. It always amuses me when politicians say, we're fighting for this. We're fighting for that. We're fighting for your rights. We're fighting for this. (laughs) Okay. Well, enjoy the fight. (laughs) Try compromising. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, so I, I really appreciate your accepting the invitation to look at the other column there and to just see how that's going to feel. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I think that you've just set a wonderful model for everyone listening who looks at the gap they have between their behaviors and how they would invest and to see rather than beating themselves up with this awareness, having acceptance and a constant invitation to step into an identity, belief and behaviors that just feel so much better that you would never want to go back. So how does that invitation work then? Like, how do you, how do you change the mindset like that? Like, can you give me like a specific example of like when that situation comes up, like how that inner dialogue could play out? Sure. One of the uh, guided visualizations that we have is the master traders home. And what we do is I make an invitation during it's a, quite a long guided visualization of creating a master trader's home and inviting people to step in. And we do it step at a time. We look at who would be critical. We look at the internal voices as they approach it. We look at all the internal subconscious conflicts around stepping into the home. We have them put their hand on that handle of the door. And Mm -hmm. this is well described. They've designed their house. And we just see what it's like. And when they step in, what does it feel like? They go to their trading room. They put their hand on the handle of their trading room. Is there any conflicts left? And we go through those. And sometimes that takes several sessions. Um, Or if they're doing it by the guided visualization, several times to repeat the visualization, Mm -hmm. they open the door. When they can have the experience and say, oh my God, this feels so much better. And they're leaving those anchors and the weight on their shoulder and that tight chest and breathing. And they're taking a deep breath and they say, this feels 
better. Now, I know that now we've made a major shift. Now, that still leaves all the old neural connections and habits, and you can look at habits in a number of ways. I look at them as neural connections that have been well used and they are easily triggered. However, they're still there. But now we have something positive to step into. We have a concrete vision of what it's like. This exercise creates a concrete vision of where we would put our money and where we want to step. And if we can take those and say, oh, that feels better. So I invite everybody to go back down to that list. Look Mm -hmm. at each of the issues on each of the sides of the equation. And can you say, oh my gosh, this feels better. And once you can say that and really experience it, then rather than struggle, try, fight, fix, finding why, you now can just say, oh my God, this just feels better. And this is home. And this is where I want to live my life. I like that. I like that a lot. That that feels good. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. Oh. I always feel so good after I finish talking to you, Rich. Well, thank you. That's it's it's been my own journey and still there's still area, arenas of my life that I'm exploring, but my journey is to feel good talking to myself. And then the wonderful thing is that people I talk to also feel better mm-hmm. because I feel better talking to myself. And that's a, a tremendous a clue to improving relationships is to feel that better talking to yourself. All right. So what do you think about homework for this month then? I'm going to assume that doing the assessment uh, should be at the top of that list. Yeah. So doing that, the assessment, doing it again, and the homework, and I hadn't thought about this before, but what I really like is to go through each of these issues and just imagine stepping into the world that you want and imagining it feeling better. And notice if there's voices, if there's resistance, if there's parts of you that don't want to step there, acknowledge them, accept them, be curious about them. So the homework is to run down each of those and and to just step into it, visualize it, feel it, experience it, and acknowledge it as your home. And if there's anything that stops you, acknowledge that and accept it. All right. For each item, imagine stepping into where you want to be and... Sorry, was it um, noting the emotional responses? I'm mm-hmm. saying that right? Sure. And the emotional reactions slash responses. All right. Sounds great, Rich. Uh, what are we doing next month? You know, next month, I haven't looked at the schedule. What are we doing next month? <laughs> pull it up here. Oh, we finally get to talk about the book. Oh, good. Oh, this has been exciting. Uh, private conversation with money. It has just come out. Uh, Audible and Amazon have released it in the audio format. And uh, I'm noticing that the audio format is selling better than the print or the Kindle copy. So that's kind of interesting and surprising. So given that we're traders, we deal with money. And money is a symptom. It's a canary in the minefield. And to clean up our beliefs and attitudes and behaviors around money, I believe is a foundational 
piece of work for most mm-hmm. traders. I'm looking forward to talking about this because I did not realize the like the Joe's point of view. Like I didn't realize that mm-hmm. people think like that. That actually kind of uh, shocked me. Yeah. Well, I live in California. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I lived in California so maybe too, at one point. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I'm a little filtered here uh, of my information. <laughs> no, no, no. I think there are more people. And we uh, we actually had just uh, I mentioned earlier, completed our first um, uh, book review. Uh, we'll be doing a, a second one of those on February 11th in our Discord if anybody wants to, to take part in that. But uh, the, some of the, the other members that commented on their struggles and it was just really interesting to hear everybody's different reactions and different mentality when it comes to how mm-hmm. their their money belief systems are, are have formed. So I yeah, I'm really looking forward to this this next conversation. Oh good. That'll be fun. All right, but it sounds like we've come to the end of our time with Rich. And unfortunately he has real work to do. He's got two more books that he's gotta hurry up and get out. <laughs> oh yeah i'm 75 <laughs> there, there there's a time constraint here you better get going uh we'd like to thank everybody who uh stuck around to the end who's joined us on this journey we hope hope you find value in the the exercises uh please check out conversations conversations slash two bowls and there's an offer for the book and the exercise online uh money exercises yes there. and i don't know what else is there but what i can also do is put up the uh the pdf form so people can follow along with yeah that. we'll make sure we have either links for that either in the episode notes or on uh on that link on rich's site uh it's conversations.money slash two bulls you got it all right rich anything you want to leave the listeners with uh yeah just uh awareness acceptance of what you discover and then develop a stronger and more powerful agency to decide what experiences that you want to create for yourself. Choose your own, choose your path. You get to choose. Choose your path. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.